This is video podcast 32 from learningradiology.com, Traumatic Injuries of the Hand. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. Today we're going to be talking about boxers fractures, volar plate fractures, mallet fingers, gamekeepers or skiers, thumb, crush injuries, and dislocations of the fingers. This diagram of normal anatomy by Netter shows the position of the palmar ligament or the volar plate and the collateral ligaments at the metacarpophalangeal, proximal interphalangeal, and distal interphalangeal joints. Boxer's fractures occur because of impact of a clenched fist against a hard object, usually the head, although it's frequently reported to be a wall. It involves the head of the fifth metacarpal. The head of the fifth metacarpal strikes first, and that produces fractures of the neck and or head of the fifth metacarpal, frequently with palmar angulation. This also tends to stretch the collateral ligaments, which form the only connection then of the fractured metacarpal head with the remainder of the shaft. This is an example of a boxer's fracture. The red arrow is pointing to a fracture of the neck of the fifth metacarpal. It's a comminuted fracture with palmar angulation. Volar plate fractures are hyperextension injuries that occur at the proximal interphalangeal joint. They are primarily ligamentous injuries, but they can also result in fractures. There is an avulsion of the palmar aspect of the proximal portion of the middle phalanx of the fingers in a volar plate fracture. And if the force is great enough, then it can lead to dorsal dislocation of the middle phalanx. A true lateral view is necessary in order to see volar plate fractures in many instances. This is a radiograph of a volar plate fracture. The red arrow is pointing to an avulsion of the palmar aspect of the base of the middle phalanx of, in this case, the middle finger. This is the fracture in a classical jammed finger. Mallet fingers. The classic mechanism here is a baseball or basketball hits an extended finger, which forces it into flexion. There is a loss of extensor tendon function at the distal interphalangeal joint. Distal interphalangeal joint sprains are less common than proximal interphalangeal joint sprains. And the types of injuries that can occur here are an avulsion of the extensor tendon from the distal phalanx with no fracture. This is the most common variety. It will produce swelling and forced flexion of the terminal phalanx. Or there can be avulsion of the tendon with a small fracture or avulsion of the tendon with a large fracture. This is an example of a mallet finger in which there is an avulsion of the dorsal aspect of the base of the terminal phalanx of the middle finger. Gamekeeper's thumb is more often called skier's thumb or sometimes breakdancer's thumb. It's due to forced abduction at the metacarpophalangeal joint of the thumb. It was originally described as a chronic injury in Scottish gamekeepers because of the way they used to kill rabbits, 
but it is now an injury that's much more frequently seen in skiers due to forced abduction of the thumb from ski pole accidents. In a skier's thumb or gamekeeper's thumb, there is injury to the ulnar collateral ligament, the UCL, and that injury can result in sprain, rupture of the ligament, and or fracture of the base of the proximal phalanx of the thumb medially. Complete ruptures of the ulnar collateral ligament are usually treated surgically, and the earlier they are treated, usually the better the outcome. This is an example of a skier's or a gamekeeper's thumb. The red arrow is pointing to an avulsion of the medial aspect of the base of the proximal phalanx of the thumb. This is a type of volar plate injury. Not to be confused with the bone to which the blue arrow is pointing, which is a common finding in almost every hand, which is a sesamoid at the metacarpophalangeal joint of the thumb. There is at least one, frequently two or three. You can differentiate them from fractures because sesamoid bones are going to have corticated edges completely around them and they will tend to be smooth. Crush injuries of the fingers can be due to closure of a car door, but actually it's unusual for a finger that's caught in a car door to undergo a crush injuries. They're usually due to heavy machinery injuries or to industrial type injuries. They usually involve the terminal phalanges. They are frequently associated with numerous soft tissue injuries and the fractures are usually comminuted. They are stable fractures despite being comminuted. Soft tissue injuries usually are of greater importance than the crush fracture itself, which is frequently treated with a splint. This is an example of a comminuted fracture of the terminal phalanx of the thumb. You can clearly see that it is comminuted in nature. Dislocations of the fingers are common. Dorsal dislocations of the proximal interphalangeal joints are the most common. They are due to forced hyperextension and they actually represent the most common dislocation in the body. Forced hyperflexion will result in palmar dislocation of one phalanx with another. They can be associated with fractures, and if the fracture subtends more than 40% of the joint surface, it's frequently unstable and may require surgery. The treatment for finger dislocations, though, is usually closed reduction followed by splinting. This is a classical example of a dorsal or posterior dislocation of the middle on the proximal phalanx of the ring finger. This is a more subtle example of a dislocated little finger. In this view on the left, you would have to notice that the metacarpophalangeal joint of the little finger overlaps in a way that is different than the metacarpophalangeal joints of the other fingers, that the two bones, the proximal phalanx and the metacarpal head are overlapping. But on additional views, as in this oblique view, it becomes obvious that there is a posterior or dorsal subluxation, if not dislocation, of the proximal phalanx on the fifth metacarpal. So it's time for your mini quiz. 
This is a 37-year-old who presents with a hyperextended ring finger. I'm showing you just this view to see if you can determine if there's an injury or not. Pause your computer or MP3 player while you decide. Well, if you look at the joint space between the proximal and the middle phalanx of the ring finger on the view that I showed you, you would notice that the joint space appears widened. And then on subsequent views, as on this lateral view, if you look carefully, you can see that the red arrow is pointing to the middle phalanx, which is dislocated posteriorly relative to the proximal phalanx of the ring finger. This is a dorsal dislocation of the middle on the proximal phalanx of the ring finger.